Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Caesar and the Wise Guy Podcast. This is episode 16. My name is Caesar, And this is the wise guy over here. Hey, yo. We have a lot of scary things going around in the NFL this week as we approach Halloween. And it's not just COVID. Plus, we can't wait to talk about this World Series. Also, if you guys haven't subscribed to our podcast, you can do so on all major platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. You can email us to Caesar at CaesarandTheWiseGuy.com. And now it's time to get on with the show. Yeah, so hope everybody's doing okay out there. Still not too much to focus on nowadays in basketball. Just some mock drafts coming out. The popular vote now has LaMelo Ball as the number one pick over Anthony Edwards from Georgia. But the Timberwolves still can decide if they want to trade that first pick. We'll see what happens. Keep you updated on it. The Warriors also have that second pick. They may want to decide to trade or grab big man wide. Wiseman from Memphis will keep you updated and see what happens with the draft info. But moving on to our NFL dramatics this week, and man, we got some good stuff, especially starting out with Antonio Brown signing with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Can't believe AB signed. He has to pass the COVID-19 protocols. He's likely to debut week nine. This reunited the receiver with quarterback Tom Brady again. I know coach Bruce Arians said A.B. was his idea and I quote, Tom had nothing to do with it. But you know, you don't sign a quarterback like Tom Brady for Mm -hmm. two years and you don't put all your chips in. That's why Gronk came out of retirement. Of course he signed off on this. Right. As an organization, you have to make a quarterback like him happy. He doesn't even have much time left. I don't care how the coach or whoever from the organization sugarcoats anything like in the media. A.B came here because of Brady. This was really Brady's call. Exactly. I agree. It goes to show you anything can happen in the NFL. And if you're over 43 years old and you're a starting quarterback, you're definitely going to call the shots. So I want to talk about what Bruce Arians told Jay Glazier of Fox, that the message to Antonio Brown was simple and clear. Be a team player or be gone. That's what he told him, supposedly. I guess this means Antonio Brown will no longer be a buccaneer after week one. I mean, I just don't think it's in Antonio's (laughs) genetic makeup that he's to maintain... (laughs) That he's going to be maintaining team player status for a full eight games halfway through the season until the end of the season. I'm not saying he doesn't care about winning or he's not going to establish a rapport with his teammates. It's just that, you know, some crazy stuff will always go down, whether it's on a field or during his personal life. And I'm willing to go as far as to say if neither of those two things happen on the field or his personal life, then I'm just going to question if whether or not aliens abducted the real Antonio Brown or something, because right now you're just going to have to replace a drama queen when it comes to him. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Seas doesn't believe that fourth time is a charm for the knucklehead, Antonio Brown. Look, I don't know how good of a fit it is. You have Mike Evans and Godwin and whoever else in that receiving court. You have to get Brady whatever he wants. He's like a Mahomes or that. He's Tom Brady. He's Tom (laughs) Brady. Yeah. That's all you got to say. Another injury, of course, in 2020, Odell Beckham Jr., one of the best receivers that we have in the league, tore his ACL in the first quarter, where the Browns actually won against the Bengals, and he's going to miss the rest of the season because of this. It actually turned out, this just happened as he was growing frustrated and tense with his quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who actually played great in the win without him. I still think Mayfield is not the answer. Anyway, I wish OBJ 
day, a super quick recovery. The Browns are going to need to step up. Yeah, definitely Baker Mayfield's fault. He should have never thrown that pick. Although seeing a star wide receiver go out like that didn't really stop him afterwards. Basically, Mayfield, he rebounded. Really great performance. He had like 21 consecutive completions at one point, threw for three touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone. But keep in mind, it was against the Bengals defense. So I don't know how much credit he's going to get for that. And going back to Odell, I mean, seeing OBJ hurt is just a reminder that he really should have never been a Cleveland Brown in his life. I mean, I know it wasn't really up to him, but it almost seems like he was traded to that team as a punishment for attempting to be like the next great wide receiver, like a next Jerry Rice. A former player like Jerry Rice is probably grateful for having a team like the 49ers playing with one quarterback with Joe Montana, make it two with Steve Young. And most great wide receivers won't get that opportunity. And once OBJ comes back from his injury, I just hope he's with the team with the quarterback. If only he was traded to the 49ers instead, we would be talking about the legend of Jimmy G and Odell Beckham. I know you love when I say <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> the legend of Jimmy G. We're talking about OBJ going to a consistent quarterback and a good quarterback. He's already playing with Mayfield. Don't don't let him take a step back towards Jimmy G. Come on. Okay, Enough with this on. 49ers nonsense. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Talking about a quarterback that's struggling. Ex-MVP Cam Newton admits personally that his starting job is actually in jeopardy now. This past Sunday and lost to the 49ers. <laughs> 33 to six. More like got demolished and got pulled in the fourth. I hate saying that he lost to the 49ers because it's the 49ers. I mean, it's not like he lost to a great team, but Newton said, you keep playing games. It was a great team. (laughs) You keep playing games like this, bro. It's going to be a permanent change. Now, Coach Bill Belichick knew he was going to struggle without Brady in his corner, but I bet he didn't think things were going to be this bad. It's been three straight losses for the first time since 2000 and two for the Patriots organization. And the Patriots are now sitting at two and four. They had two great games at the beginning of the season, but it's been downhill slope. And I'm sure Patriot fans who expect Super Bowl every year are never used to this many losses. And they're just stunned right now. They don't know what to think. I personally think it's great. I'll it's tell time. you what to <laughs> I'll tell you what to think. Absolutely. It's number 12. And he's in Tampa right now at four and two. And Bilicek has has no quarterback to lead a team that has no talent on it in a COVID-riddled season, so the Pats are now not even in playoff discussion. Who cares if Cam Newton or Stidham is quarterback because it's the Patriots? It's not like Mayfield or Jimmy G, these mediocre quarterbacks. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just horrible every week. Wouldn't you pull him too? Yeah, for sure. And I think teams are getting excited to play the Patriots now because they know they will not score a touchdown in the first quarter. But I'm really seriously believing now that this whole COVID contraction killed any momentum that the Patriots developed early in the season when they got their two wins. And it seems like his teammates don't have his back as much as they should. I'm, I'm actually curious to know if maybe Cam did something that put himself in that position to contract the COVID-19. Like what if they know he partied with a large group of people and his teammates don't want to rat him out? I don't know. Maybe I'm making up some stuff. But yeah, going back to the game, the 49ers made Bill Belichick look like a first year head coach in the NFL. And kind of to further elaborate what you just said about my 49ers, a lot of people 
people were saying the Patriots look horrible. I know I just indicated that right now, but you also have to give credit to the 49ers defense. Like, did everyone forget how good the Niners defense looked in 2019? That was a, one of the main reasons why they made the Super Bowl. And there's a reason why Belichick and Shanahan had a long talk after the game because Belichick respects Kyle Shanahan. They played a stout defense. So yeah, let's just see how Cam performs in the next two games before he heads to the bench. Even Cam Newton said himself that, and I quote, I'm hearing a lot of what it could be and I just have to play better. That's really what it is. We need to stop making excuses. So I'm going to move on and talk about somebody who's playing great right now because on a high note, Kyler Murray stole the spotlight against Russ Wilson and the undefeated Seahawks. Apparently, according to social media at least, but it was an exciting overtime win. It was an exciting game just in general. Arizona beat Seattle, who was unbeaten at this point. Quarterback Kyler Murray is apparently the new MVP over frontrunner Russell Wilson. Now, let me shed my opinion. I agree that Murray is a great quarterback. He is dynamic and has his Cardinals in a great position at 5-2. and two. They look dangerous, but he's a replica of Russell Wilson in a way. And a good reason why he was drafted so high at number one is because of the success of the prototype of quarterback that Russell Wilson is and the success that he's had in the NFL. Anyway, the Cards never even led in that game until the end where they kicked a field goal. Russell Wilson threw to Tyler Lockett and Lockett had for over 200 yards. Wilson threw for three touchdowns and was over 60% in the game. He's the real MVP and has been all season. Murray is an electrifying quarterback, but one lucky win at the end of the game because of a field goal doesn't make him an MVP, at least to me. Yeah, and you got to give props to Kyler Murray, who's not since Michael Vick have I seen a quarterback with such a quick burst to run at will. Like one second, he drops back to throw. And then in a blink of an eye, he's already off and running like 20, 30 yards. But I still really, going back to the game, I couldn't believe they basically, the Cardinals iced their own kicker by accident. It took place with two minutes and 42 seconds left in overtime. The head coach lost track of the play clock and they had to call a timeout, which of course led to the kicker missing the game-winning field goal. And I was actually certain the game was over or at least it was going to end up tied or the Seahawks were to come back and win, but they couldn't do it. Russell Wilson didn't execute this time. And here's how conceited I think the Seahawks are. And I know this is coming from the 49ers fans, so I'm a little bit biased here, but Russell Wilson, after the game, saying that they normally win games like that, that it's not normal. I mean, I mean, this guy, he's just so used to these comebacks that he's probably not really comprehending what it's like not to have any luck on their side. Yes, I'm saying it's a little bit of luck with the fair share of luck that they had over the years. I mean, what about all those other times they were eliminated from the playoff contention? Most importantly, that Malcolm Butler interception in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. So yeah, Wilson, if you're referring to what you call regular season success, I get it. But you have to remember some bad stuff also goes wrong in the playoffs and you can go wrong at any given Sunday during the season. I look forward for the 49ers to smack him in the mouth this coming Sunday. Yeah, but generally he's also a winner and he's also a Super Bowl winner. And for the most part, these things go right for him. So it's unusual for these things to happen. And that's what he was talking about. Nine out of 10 times the things go right for him. Anyway, let's move on. There's been a lack of response by the Cowboys after Andy Dalton got hit in the head. Washington football team's linebacker John Bostick got ejected for dropping the big hit on Dalton and taking his head off. Now, there was a moment of silence 
on the side of the cowboy's grass. <laughs> Literally silence. Like not a single issue or anything broke out. You would think after the quarterback, the leader of your team takes a blow like that and gets dragged out, someone would have his back, right? right. <laughs> like it kind of shows how much the players are responding to the coaching and the system, leadership. Everything right. just needs a restart there. I honestly think my Jets would whip these Cowboys right now. I don't know what's going on. And I know what's going on with my winless Jets, but I don't even know what's going on with these Cowboys right now. Yeah. And we speak in this case, when it comes to what Coach McCarthy, he told reporters after the game, he says this, quote unquote, we speak all the time about playing for one another, respecting one another. Then he says, this was definitely probably not the response you would expect. I mean, for a coach to say that about his team, it just seems like it's minor retribution for what his team said about his lackadaisical game preparation. He's already mm. lost the locker room. The only hope that they have is that the Giants and Eagles will continue to scuffle if they do, or they'll be lucky to win at least one or two more games from here on out because I really don't see the Cowboys winning two games more this year. And really, it's coming down to no quarterback. I mean, even if they sign Colin Kaepernick, I'm just saying that just to say it probably, the chances of winning are even probably slightly more than any other quarterback out there. So right now, the Cowboys are in a tough situation. And Jerry Jones, again, wrong decision after wrong decisions. I would love to see Cap on their roster. That might even give them a chance to win the division and put them in a situation to possibly do something in the playoffs. Anyway, let's uh, get off all these dramatics for the NFL for a little bit. Let's talk some baseball, man. Do it. The World Series. Looks like the LA Dodgers are leading the Tampa Bay Rays at the very moment, three games to two, which means we've got two games at most left. And I just want to let all our followers know that I predicted on our podcast, the Dodgers would win it in six or seven. So I was right. Yeah! I don't know about that, but we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen tonight. I could be right in six, but I'm hoping for a game seven. Now, I've discussed too many times that the Dodgers are going to win it. A lot of it's self-explanatory. I'm sure everybody's been watching the World Series. I'm more interested in who's going to end up winning MVP honors right now, Willie Mays MVP honors. Could it be Corey Seager, who's looking to become the first since Seas' Madison Bumgarner, 2014, to win LCS and MVP honors at the same time? Mad bum. Could it be Justin Turner and Max Muncy, who've been super clutch? And then, of course, we have Kershaw, who has been wonderful this 2020 World Series. And I know fans would love to see him again in a relief situation in a Game 7. And I bet walk away with MVP honors. That would be so cool. Yeah, we're going to get into Kershaw in just a minute. But I'm going to just take back something from the series that will always be standing out from here on now. Was that crazy Game 4, that 8-7 final win for the Rays at the very last moment in the bottom of the ninth? It has to rank up there in the top three non-elimination World Series games of all time. It's better than game five of the 2017 World Series between the Astros and Dodgers. For those who don't know about that, just look it up. It's quite exciting as well. But yeah, just a back and forth score. The moment in the bottom of the ninth with two strikes, a 200 hitter, Brett Phillips, who is a reserve outfielder who was traded from the Royals. He did it in the most unlikely way. He looked like Tony Gwynn up there after he got the game winning hit. Then the error by Chris Taylor, a Rosarina stumble and tumble coming around third base 
on the way home. And then when the ball got away from the catcher, he slid in and then just tapping the base, laying there on his belly, man. And the entire stadium <laughs> all of a sudden sounded like 40,000 people were just cheering. It, it was just unheard of. And I looked it up. I saw the replay in like six different telecasts, three different languages. It just reminds me what a great game baseball is. Classic moments like that that cannot be taught. We'll never see that again. It's like any other sport. Like even if you say compare to football, you'll never see that type of stuff. I mean, in football, you see a late touchdown pass that you swore you saw before, but you can't really say that with baseball. No, man. Baseball kind of, and especially if you were a Dodgers fan, it kind of gives you everything you need and then takes it all away all at the same time. But uh, getting into Clayton Kershaw, you know, you and I were talking earlier this week about his legacy. We don't need to discuss his entire legacy, but talking about this 2020 World Series, I have a question for you. Let's put repair in quotes because did Clayton Kershaw repair his legacy during this 2020 World Series? I'm just going to let you go ahead and seize and criticize him as much as you like just because he's a Dodger. I'd like you as a Giants fan, you know, to just put your haterade juice aside for a minute and all your biases. I mean, you think Bumgarner is a legend in your own mind and you're wondering if his legacy is repaired. Hell, I don't think it was ever broken personally. Here's my non-biased opinion. He's a great regular season pitcher and he's a great guy in his personal life. But I completely disagree with his narrative that he repaired his World Series outlook just because he didn't fail during his last two games he pitched in the World Series. I mean, the numbers have still looked bad. He still has 16 earned runs between 2017 and 2018 World Series. That's a 5.40 ERA. I mean, the greatest pitcher of all time wouldn't have such numbers. The greatest player in any sport wouldn't look this bad in the playoffs. The problem is that he just didn't execute before. So you mean to tell me that if you go to multiple World Series, you go to nine straight World Series and failed, then on a 10th World Series, for example, I'm just being hypothetical here, then they just say he wins the 10th one. All of a sudden, it just gets repaired. Forget about the past. No, I mean, there's still some accountability to how he pitched before. You got to remember that. But you can't get into the Madison Bumgarner level of pitchers who, by the way, Madison Bumgarner had a 0.25 World Series ERA. And I honestly think Kershaw was one less Margot bonehead attempt at stealing home a away from getting blown up in that inning. To me, it was more luck. I don't think he should have tried to steal home. You would have seen something probably completely different. I can't prove something different would have happened, but I could totally imagine Dave Roberts walking up to the mound and yanking him out the game. Kershaw in the dugout with his head hanging low. Once again, call me a hater. I don't care. But that's luck. Like he didn't fire that ball down the plate just in time to make that out. I mean, go through all your choker. (laughs) Go through all your choker nonsense you want. Tell me how bad he is in October. Please, sees This This guy is a three-time National League Cy Young Award winner, an MVP award winner. Yes, he blew Game 5 in 2017 World Series versus Houston, but they cheated. So that was automatically his. Yes, he blew Game 5 in 2018 against Boston. Okay, that's his one to me. But in 2020 this year, he took the Rays in Game 5. He was also way dominant in Game 1. This guy is 32 years old, got the all-time record for the most strikeouts in postseason ever over Verlander, which he broke in the fifth in game five this year. He deserves a title. He's the only pitcher of 10 who won like four ERA titles and doesn't have a ring yet. Give the guy a break. Like okay, he said, it, great it, pitcher, great guy. Right. He, this postseason in 30 innings, he has 37 strikeouts and five walks, four wins. I mean, come right. on. Well, You're the yeah. type of guy who debates with me on our podcast that you want to give the Astros respect just for making it to a wild card and division this season. The cheating Astros 
shows, Look. but you don't want to give Clayton Kershaw some respect Look. on his legacy, and he's about to get a ring. I'll Come give him, on. I I'll don't give even him, want to argue with this guy anymore. I'll give Followers, him, please send in your comments. I'll give Clayton Kershaw his props. Okay, if he wins this ring, I'll give him his props. What I'm basically referring to is the whole narrative of did he repair? You can't repair what has already been done. That's what I'm trying to say, okay? No, you so, can't repair what hasn't been broken is my point. People will still remember. I still remember what happened. But like I said, I'll give him and the Dodgers some props. If they beat him, they beat him. But here's a twist, though. I'm going to take it back a little because you remember that episode back in, uh, I think it was episode six, uh, 10 episodes ago. Remember when I had that pessimistic perspective going along with the optimistic side? Remember when I did that? Well, you're going to hate to hear this, but here's my pessimistic side. So here we go. So if the Dodgers win the World Series, it's really going to seriously make me reconsider what I said earlier in episode six, whether this entire 60 game season would be legit as a 162 game season i know i said this before it completely goes against what i said and i know let me just explain here I, right. I, I know it sounds and let, let me just finish this here i know it sounds like i'm straight up hating but i did tweet out after my giants got eliminated that it made me realize that i really wouldn't want them winning a world series during a shortened year anyway i know it wasn't their fault COVID pause, happened. pause you only tweeted that out because the giants didn't make the playoffs that tweet would have never came out if the giants were in the playoffs and you know it sees i still would have felt that way but let me just further explain here to me it's all about the long journey that warrants the possibility of the champagne, not the two months of baseball. We got Dodgers pretty much drenching themselves, popping a hundred dollar bottle of bourgeois brute champagne. Okay, so I, I agree with the part I said earlier that it's it's an even competition. You place two of the best teams in the American and National League head to head and duke it out. Okay, but there's really no way to prove that it would have ended up the same exact way playing a full season. What if they got major injuries? What if Mookie Betts would have got hurt after three months of playing baseball? You never know. Out for the year, who knows what would have happened? Pitchers go down, catchers go down. Kershaw probably doesn't really last a full season. But it was an even playing field for every single team. Yeah, I still feel it's more rewarding when you had the long journey and you pop that champagne. But like I said about the even competition thing, it just made me realize it wasn't a marathon this year. It was a sprint. All right, we'll leave it at that. Okay. Everybody, we'd love you to send in your comments. Let us know how you feel about Clayton Kershaw, the great pitcher. Catch us on social media. Catch us on all your platforms out there. Tune in every week for the latest sports buzz. See ya!